Hi, I'm Hera, the mom. And I'm Estella, the kid. And this is Seeking Different. There are times when everyone feels different or left out. As a non-traditional mom and kid family, we're setting out to explore all the ways that families can be different. This is Seeking Different. This week on Seeking Different, we're going to talk about what it feels like going from a family of two to a family of three. Oh, yes. I remember what that was like. Before we get into our family expansion with Isa, let me take it back to before you were born, Estella. We talked about this a bit on the first episode, but it doesn't feel right to talk about our family and how many people are in it without talking a little bit about Prince. So for those of you who haven't been following us and maybe just dropped into this episode because you're interested in the topic of expanding your family, before Estella was born, I had a son named Prince. And in addition to being a mom and kid family that began with my quest to be a single mother of choice, we're also a family with a story that's sad and tragic. So Prince was my first baby and I had the opportunity to be with him for 15 months before he died. And while many SMC struggle with how to explain to their children what a donor is, for me, it was harder to explain to my girls why they'd never meet their brother. So Stella, do you remember when we first started talking about Prince? No. You don't? No. I feel like it was like somewhere in Seattle in the Blue House, I think, like once we were talking about him. But do you feel like you always knew that you had an older brother? Well, not always. Like when I was just born, I didn't know anything. Right. But then I didn't even know that I was just born. I didn't even know that I was alive. But you've known for a really long time. Yeah. That you had a brother. So what is that part of our family history like for you? Do you have any questions about it for me? How old is he? Well, he was 15 months. So unfortunately, he's 15 months and that's how old he got. But he would have been almost 12. He would have been 11 turning 12. So he was about two and a half years older than you. Wow. So that's what makes it a little bit strange for me too, because when people are like, how many kids do you have? I'm like, well, depending on who they are and how close to them I am. I mean, technically I have three kids, but only two of them are here. So remember how we talked about when somebody asks you a question that your answer is going to be something that maybe they've never heard. Like, so if somebody's like, oh, like what's your mom and dad about? Like, or, or something like that, or like who's in your family or something like that. If you don't necessarily want to get into like how babies are made by explaining to someone what a donor is, like it's a really hard question. So for me, when people ask me how many kids I have, I kind of feel bad just saying two because I don't have two. And it makes me feel weird to not say three. But then if I say three, they're going to be like, oh, is it boys or girls? And then I'll be like, uh, a boy and two girls. And then if they keep asking questions, it gets really awkward because then I have to be like, well, Right now, I just had two girls because my son died. Sounds awkward to be in that situation. When did you know you wanted to have more children after Prince? So I knew that even when Prince was here, I wanted to have more children. But when I was going through all the drama with Prince, it wasn't something I could do at the moment. Like when I had Prince, while I was still in family court, I don't think I could have I don't think I, I don't know. I don't think I could have like had a child then, but then pretty soon after he died, I 
was like, I want to do this by myself because I knew I didn't want to co-parent and I didn't want to go like get married quickly, but I knew I really wanted kids and I knew I really wanted you. So yeah, the only reason I didn't do it sooner was because Prince and I weren't really in a safe situation. So I had to wait until I was in a safe situation. And I think also having had Prince and having been Prince's mom and having gone through all of the hardship of going through family court and trying to fight for him, it kind of made me feel like I could do this on my own. Like I could be a single mom and it's not going to be that hard because in comparison to what I had before, it's not that hard. Tia said that you didn't ask anyone and instead you just went to get a donor. Is that true? That is true. Because after Prince died, it took me actually a while to even get out of bed. But as soon as I did, I knew that I needed to keep living because Prince wouldn't have wanted me to just lay in bed and not move on with my life. And also I knew that if I didn't keep living, there'd be nothing left of him because I held a piece of him in me. And you and Isa also hold a piece of him in you. So that means you actually get to also keep living for Prince, which is pretty cool. All right. So do you want to hear about a crazy dream I had before you were born? Yes. All right. So the dream, it was like, it was probably like two months after Prince died. The dream, I was on a beach and there was a little curly headed kid who ran over to me with a ball in her hand. And the girl or the the child had blonde hair, which confused me because Prince's hair was really dark. And I was like, is it Prince? Am I having a dream about Prince? And so I asked the child, I was like, are you Prince? And the child grabbed my, my face in their hands and said, no, mama, can't you see I'm a girl? (laughs) And it was that dream that finally got me out of bed. And I woke up and I immediately put my plan to be an SMC into action. So she was like, no. Yes, she grabbed my face and was like, you need to see me. I am not Prince. I am a girl. And so that's what made me realize, like, I'm meant to be a mom again. And so I went and had you. So when I when I found out you were a girl, I was like, wow, that's really weird. Because I don't know, for some reason, I still thought that, like, my next child was going to be a boy because I had been a boy mom. But then when I found out you were a girl, I was like, oh, man, now that makes that dream even more creepier. So. I think that you must have like come to me in the dream and been like, you need to get on this and like have another baby so that I can or, be or it was just reminding you that you need to get out of bed. Yes. And notice that you're going to have a baby. Exactly. But I also will say, Stella, like you saved my life. How? Because like I was so sad after your brother died. And when you came, it was like, a brand new happiness for both me and our entire family. And a brand new happiness with another person. Yeah, like you made me so happy. And you also have always been this like incredible ball of happy energy. And you not make all everybody the time. happy. Not, not all the time, <laughs> but I feel like even when you're sad, I love that you have very big feelings. I'm an incredible, but I'm an incredible ball of hugs. You are an incredible ball of hugs and I love it. And yeah, so you saved my life. Like I was in a very dark place before you were born and you brought sunshine and happiness back into my life. And I'm so glad to have you. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's chat about what it was like for you to be an only child. Do you remember when it was just me and you? It was fun. 
I remember when you played Barbies with me before you went to work. Remember when we I I had like the Barbie with I always took the Barbie with the purple hair and then like we would set the table and then we would pretend that they're having dinner. Mm-hmm. I also remember, do you remember when I was when you were little and I had to bring you to work with me? Yeah, that's where I got my Rubik's Cube. Yeah. So um, I worked at a tech company called Palantir. And it was actually a pretty cool place because they had toys and stuff for kids there. And I think they encouraged people to bring their families. So Stella was like barely walking and she would toddle around and play with all the toys. But it was actually a pretty cool place for me to work at that time because I could pick you up from daycare and you'd come hang out with me and play with all the fun things at work. And once I think I remember a funny memory about Barbie. So at nighttime, I snuck a Barbie into my bed. Then he started playing with them. <laughs> and then you were like, I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I was playing Barbie. <laughs> so apparently Stella only remembers playing with Barbies as an only child. Oh God, I also her. remember Tia bringing me to work when it was just you. Wait, was, was it just you and me? It was just me and you, yeah. Yeah, and were were you working with Tia? I think I remember mm-hmm. Tia so, once brought me, and then I made like a big poster with like rainbows. Even though it was things. just you and me, we did still have our village. So, at least in the beginning, when I had you, I only got like six weeks off of work, which is really a low amount. But I think it's the only, like in the United States, they only require jobs to give people six weeks off, which is really not enough time to have a new baby. So I saved up a bunch of leave and I ended up taking three months off with you. And then Tia, after graduating from college, came and 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 stayed with you for about two months. And then grandma stayed with you for a little while. And then you went into daycare or early school when you were a year old. So this is actually something that a lot of people ask, like, how do you manage childcare when you have a new baby? And it's really expensive. You know, at the time, it was more expensive for daycare than it was to pay for our house. That's crazy, right? Wait, which house was it? Was it the really, really tiny house where you slept with Issa and then like grandma and grandpa lived? No, it was even before that. So I, when you were born, we lived in a tiny little apartment. You probably don't even remember. You didn't have your own room. You just had like a crib in mommy's room. How old was I? You were like zero age old. It was like when you were first born and we were in that, and we were in that apartment until you were a year old. And then we moved to another apartment that was a little bit bigger. So you finally got your own room, but yeah, they were really small houses. And I was very fortunate to be able to stretch out that first year because when I was thinking about having you at first, I was like, I can't afford daycare for a newborn. It was like so expensive. So a newborn. So I was like one year old. You were like brand, brand new. Like you were all like smushy faced and smush. I just really need to smush someone's face. That was back when you like just would like poop and cry and giggle. (laughs) Oh, and also drink a bunch of milk. Okay. So until you were about four years old, you insisted that you never wanted a brother or sister. And then I think it was around four when it changed. And I didn't initially tell you I was pregnant. Can you remember whether or not I told you if I was even trying to get pregnant? Do you remember that? 
I remember when he once gave me a pink balloon and then it said like, and then it was like a pink teddy bear balloon. And then, that, and then you were like, what's a surprise? And I was like, it's a balloon. And then you were like, really? Can you try again? And I was like, ah, it's a balloon. <laughs> You're like, what are you trying to say? So another like interesting, I don't know if it's like a premonition, but like this was another, there was another, this was another thing for me that I felt like there was like, maybe just some higher power or something that was like listening to our family. So I, I remember I was talking to you in the car one day and just out of nowhere, you were like, mama, you have a baby in your tummy and her name is Isa. And I was like, I didn't tell you, I hadn't told you I was pregnant yet. So I was like, huh. And I was like, well, if mama has a baby, what if it's a boy? You can't name a boy Isa. And you were like, it's not a boy. And I'm like, well, what if it's a boy? And so you were like, well, you could just bring it back to the hospital if it's a boy. <laughs> you thought that like you could just return it. <laughs> and then get another baby that was a girl. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> How did I know that you were pregnant? So I, I don't like, know. You I was like, a baby. But interestingly, that's what I decided to name Isa because I was like, that's actually a really good good idea so and then you added the bell to it well yeah yeah. you actually said the baby's name is Isabel (laughs) so but we do call her Isa what was it like for you from going from one to two was it easier or harder so before I had you I didn't ask anybody anyone's permission I was like I'm just gonna have my baby And I'm going to tell everybody after the fact, like, hey, surprise, I'm going to be a mom. But before I had Issa, I was like, all right, I don't know if I can do this by myself with two, because you know how in basketball, if somebody has the ball and like someone comes at you and it's like one to one, it's way easier. But then when two people come at you, you're like, oh, my gosh, because when two people come up, you wait a second. So when you have the ball, two people are coming at you. And then you need another person so you can throw the, so and then you need another person that's far away from them and closer to the hoop so you can pass the ball and then they can throw it in the hoop. Yes. So what I was thinking is I was like, I can handle like one-on-one, but I think two-on-one is going to be really tough for me. So that was the moment that like, I knew I need my village to rally. So I talked to grandma and I talked to grandpa and I was like, I need you guys to help. Are you are you down for the cause? Are you going to help me like with the babies? And so they were for it and they've been really helpful. Now grandma lives with us. Yes. I am. I know that like many families and I'm not even going to say like single mom by choice families. I think any families because parenting is really hard. And I think it really does take a village to raise kids. I think it is a huge life hack to have either your in-laws or your parents living with you because it, yeah, this sometimes it just like takes more than one or two people to help raise kids. And so we are very fortunate to be able to have a household with enough adults that mommy doesn't have to play two-on-one. Another thing, it was really helpful that you were five when she was born. I think I remember walking in and then you gave me a toy and then... (laughs) It was like some kind of a wall doll. It was like, I don't know if it was a wall doll, but it was some kind of toy. And then Isa, she's like, 
What was it like right before Issa was born? Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? Did you really understand what it was going to be like? I didn't. I feel like I didn't really understand what it meant because I was like, wait a second. So you're going to usually I thought sometimes I thought like, wait a second. So she's going to have a baby. So is it going to be a girl or a boy? Am I going to be a sister? And then I was like, huh? (laughs) So sometimes I was just a little bit confused with it. Oh, you also asked me if Issa was going to live with us, because at that point you only had donor siblings. So like you had sisters and brothers, but none of them actually lived in our house. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I think I remember asking that. I was like, is Issa going to live with us? I, yeah. So like you being five, five years older actually helped a lot because when Issa was a baby, you were already like big enough to go to school and bring things that helped mama with the baby. Like I could be like, Stella, can you go get me a diaper? And and at school, mm-hmm. did I ever make something for you at school? Yeah, you've made a lot of things for me at school. But I think another, th- another thing that's great about having a big age gap, well, at least for me, the five years, I was a little worried that you guys weren't going to play together. I was like, are the, is the five years going to be like too big? But you guys are like best friends. Sometimes. Sometimes we hate each other and sometimes we love each other. Sometimes we're like all hugs and rainbows and like playing Barbies or American Girls or baby dolls or like stuffies or outside. But then sometimes we're just in war. In war. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, like the interesting thing about you two is like Stella feels very big. Like all of your feelings are very big. And Isa. Yeah really likes to push your buttons. Yeah, so like if I'm like just stop that she's doing something annoying and she's like man remember when she used to go like meh at me. Yeah she that was me. I think she lives to like poke at you. So yeah. like as soon as as soon as you get wild riled up about something I think like my favorite moment I don't even know if I should say favorite moment it was just kind of funny was like, we were driving to gymnastics and you were like super worried about being late and you were like really, really worried. And Isa turned to you and was like, Stella, if we get there late, your coach is going to cut off your hands. <laughs> and you were like, and I was just like, where does this even come from? Because she was like three times. I know, she, she was like going through like a time where like every time something was going to happen, she's like, oh no, someone's going to chop off her hands. What, what are we going to do? We don't have any hands then. So I also remember when Issa was first born, I think you loved her, but I think sometimes you were a little jealous. Do you remember that? Yeah. Issa got a lot of attention because like she was just, tiny and she just got lots of attention because she was just a mushy-faced baby and she was yeah a baby so she got a lot of attention yeah so I think now as a mom of two sometimes the hardest thing for me is like balancing my attention like making sure that each of you gets enough attention well like also it was really hard for me because once someone gave me a lot of attention like as Issa started growing um once they gave me a lot of attention, I sometimes had to share that attention with Isa because sometimes on my birthday, I feel like I should share some of my attention with Isa because it because I feel like it wouldn't be nice for me to just like be bragging about how much attention I got for her. 
So I would also give Issa a lot of attention. So she didn't feel like I was the only one getting attention. So I would have to share it a lot because she was just a baby. See, I think that you are a great big sister because sometimes, sometimes I, yeah, well, really, Issa is a really, really annoying sister. And remember that well, I like to throw her Sometimes you're annoying to her too. So I would share some of that burden. But I do think that like, it's interesting how when you have a birthday, you think that you have to share the attention with Issa. Do you think Issa feels that way? Issa thinks that she can just brag and she's like, it's my birthday. It's not yours. Hey, don't touch my balloons. It's yeah, my birthday. Issa has a harder time with that. And I don't know if it's age or personality or maybe a mixture of both, but she's not, she's not into sharing. And also whenever it's her birthday, like when, when, as much as she, when she gets older, she gets like really sassy, like she's a teenager and she thinks that since she has a fake phone, she thinks that she's like, she's she's like, (laughs) look at me. So now we are going to ask Issa what her perspective is on being a little sister. So Issa, we are talking about what it's like to be a sister. So I'm wondering from your perspective, what's it like to be a little sister? What? Do you, do you like being a little sister? Yeah. What do you like about being a little sister? I like to play with Sarah. And you also like to be sassy. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite thing about Stella? My favorite thing is to play with her. Can you give us a time when you were sneaky and you did something that Stella didn't know about? (laughs) Tell us a story about that. Okay, so let's start from the top. So in the refrigerator, there was a big carton of eggs. Wait, was it 12? I think it was. There were some eggs in the refrigerator. And then she snuck into a kitchen with a bag. And then she took the eggs out of the refrigerator and put them in the bag. And then when I came in there, I was like, Isa, what are you doing? Because the mama sent me in. And she was like, get out, get out, get out. Because <laughs> she didn't want us to know. So then when I was when I was practicing gymnastics on my gymnastics mat, she started to like, and I think that she was trying to not take the eggs. And then I was like, so I said, So I said Stella to check on her. Because when Isa's quiet... You know something's going down. Yes, like when there when there's some like ladders and stuff, and then and then like, and so wait, and then I went upstairs, and I because Issa was being really quiet, and we hadn't heard from Issa in a while, and I was like, still, I think something went down. Like she did something. Yeah, so she sent me to the kitchen, and then you know what happened next. No, so, so I went upstairs, and I saw on her floor a broken egg. Well, grandma and I said, Issa, first found it. How? Grandma first found it. Right? I said, how did how did that happen? What is that? And Issa, what'd you say? I said the egg stuck on the floor. She said, I just saw it on the floor. And I was like, hmm. So an egg just miraculously got on the floor. <sighs> Were you lying? <laughs> yes. So even crazier, after we found the broken egg. We had to hunt everywhere and find the rest of the eggs because she had hidden all 12 eggs all over her room. And so we call that egg gate now. And Issa knows that she is not allowed to go into the refrigerator and steal eggs because eggs are really expensive and we like to eat them and we do not want them on your floor and in your closet. 
<laughs> oh, and also she hid it in her kitchen. I think she just wanted some like real eggs and then putting stuff in it. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there was toddler logic behind this, but that does not make it right. Okay. Isa, do you have any parting words for our guest this week? See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Seeking Different. If you like what you heard, share us with your family and friends. Tell us what you'd like to hear on future episodes and share your stories about belonging and family. You can connect with us on Instagram at Seeking Different. See you next time.